If it's happening in high school sports, we're talking about it now on the Prep Spotlight. Featuring WNSP's Pigskin Pete and color analyst Brian Gennard. An hour of all prep sports on 105.5 FM, online at WNSP.com, and on the Sound of Mobile app. The Prep Spotlight, brought to you by Edward Jones Investments. Now, here are Brian Gennard and Pigskin Pete. Welcome into the Prep Spotlight. This is Brian Gennard. Pigskin is off this week, and we're here to talk another week of high school sports as this calendar year for the Mobile County and Baldwin County Public Schools comes to an end. But, man, I mean, you're talking about hot and heavy in the middle of championships, all kinds of stuff going on. We're going to have a chance at 15 after the hour to catch up with uh, Fairhope softball coach, Coach Trevor Powell. Uh, Fairhope coming off a victory today over Daphne. That's going to put them into the state tournament. They'll win that 7A region down in Gulf Shores. At the bottom of the hour, we'll talk a little. We'll spring forward a little spring football. And Davidson football today uh, cutting the ceremonial ribbon on their new stadium. Coach Rick Cauley will join us, talk to them about the new stadium and also about what is going on in spring football uh, there at Davidson. Corey's been nice enough to stay over with me for the first segment as we talk a little state championships, baseball, softball. Man, a lot going on, Corey, throughout the state. We have several teams that are representing us in um, not only baseball and softball, but also in soccer, big championships last week, had some really nice performances from some local individuals in the uh, track and field events that rain kind of got them a little bit. They finally got everything going on Saturday and, and had some folks that had really great meet down in uh, Gulf Shores last week as well. Yeah, plenty of sports that are going on in regards to track and field. When the weather finally subsided, you start looking at Morgan Davis and what she was able to accomplish. She came into the studio a few weeks ago, but 13 state championships going to Kentucky, such a record setter, and it was just fun to watch her run. And to be one of the top track and field athletes in the nation, that is elite when you start looking at coming from the Mobile area. Yeah, you look at what she did last weekend, Morgan from Saraland, a high jump of six feet uh, to get first place in that event. Long jump, 20 feet, 8.25 inches. 100 meters, she clocked in at 11.63 and posted a time of 24.06 and winning the 200-meter run. All those first-place finishes for that young lady. And then uh, uh, Tia Aker over at St. Um, Michael's. Uh, she also pulls off a four-peat. She's going to South Alabama next year on a, a track scholarship. She claimed first-place finishes in the 100-meter dash, the 200-meter dash, and the 400-meter dash. And then also, um, uh, you know, in some a couple of team events. But just amazing what those athletes were able to do last week. Uh, you know, and Corey, you know, as we talk about these championships and talk about what's going on around the state, one of the things that really kind of – I was so glad to to see uh, when when Ben Thomas broke the story on AL.com about there maybe possibly being some legislative um, actions that were going to come up in the state. 
uh, uh, of them trying to kind of regulate some things that are going on within the state athletic association i was very happy to see by uh wednesday afternoon and this morning that the the state decided to kind of take a step back not introduce any legislation um i think the alabama high school athletic association does a great job and it is it is truly an athletic association that is run by its members things are voted on by the members in my opinion um now do they always get it right like any organization, you're going to have your flaws. Nothing's perfect, but I, I think they do a really nice job. And I think what Briggs and, and Savarese before have, have done, um, I'm glad the state is, is kind of stepping back. When you start looking at politics and sports, it's something you never want to intermingle and intertwine. But I can guarantee you there's not a coach or a parent that wants to punish a student athlete or to see a student athlete lose eligibility in any sport, especially those that were affected during COVID where your spring sports were automatically taken away from you. So when you look at some of the legislation that has been proposed, what it will do is it will shine a light on some votes or some changes that need to be made from member schools within the AHSAA. And if there is an archaic rule that needs to be updated, then it will continue to happen through the voting process that the AHSAA has from the member schools because the member schools are the ones who make the rules. And that's what everyone does not understand all of the time. The AHSAA is not a body to where they just want to punish those who do wrong and are seeking out those who do wrong. Member schools have rules, rules that continue to need to be updated and changed as time progresses, and that's what we're seeing currently. Yeah, and, you know, it's one of those things that I remember, you know, I grew up in, in Alabama, played through up in Birmingham through Homewood High School and, and went to championships, went to, you know, regional tournaments, things like that. And if you look at what the state has done now, with some regional um, contracts as far as television goes, money they're putting back into individual schools. If you've ever had the opportunity to go to a Super 7 and see how those events are run, and, and even with our local state track meet down here in Gulf Shores, um, the regional uh, baseball and, and softball tournaments that are going on right now in Gulf Shores, I mean, there are so many different things that, that I think the state has really done in a, in a positive way. And there's always going to be something that pops up, whether like if somebody moved in and the eligibility question comes up. If a coach coached one of their players in the offseason, which is not allowed in the state of Alabama, things like that. But I think that is something for the state organization to clear up and not the state legislation. That's my own personal opinion. Well, you just, again, you're exactly right in regards to not mixing that up because we know our elected officials that are in Montgomery have a specific job to do or better things to do than to worry about high school sports. Now, again, there's not a situation where anyone loves to see a team or individuals punished for ineligible players. You never like to see that. The Maury Davenport situation, she played for her country. She accepted money. She paid that money back. But what did the books say in black and white? You cannot accept any of it. And once you do, the rules has been changed. So once you shine the light on a situation with a Hoover baseball coach coaching his player 
on a Olympic team in the summertime, once again, what you will see is a rule change moving forward. And sometimes in our own lives, you have to have something that makes you wake up to see the light. And once you see the light, it, it shines something on you and changes you for the good. And that's what we're seeing in high school athletics for the AHSAA. But Alvin Briggs does a phenomenal job as the AHSAA executive director. And like he said, you show me someone else who's going to bend or break the rules and risk their job when it's in black and white, white right in front of you as to what you have to do, as to what the members of the association have voted on. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. And, you know, I, it just kind of I go back to when they were asking uh, Charles Barkley during the NCAA tournament, uh, you know, about uh, there was some, something that popped up in the NCAA tournament, and they are talking about picking schools and schools that were going to get in and how do you do that. And somebody suggested that the, the government get involved. And he <laughs> 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 you can only imagine when Charles Barkley's way of uh, communication and, and the way he, he didn't put it as nice as we did. <laughs> he didn't agree that the government should be involved. But listen, uh, you know what? Uh, it's it's nice that that folks care. Yeah, uh, it's it's great that it's that that things are coming to light. But it's even better that 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 committee step back, let Alvin Briggs have a moment to go in and address them, talk to them about what was going on, and then they decided to pull back a little bit and and, and get out of the AHSA's way and let let the member schools make their decisions. And as you look at, at teams that are that are going on, let let's switch our gears a little bit and. We have some soccer teams, actually, that are, are going to be playing for state championships in the Final Four right now. That that group's going on in Huntsville, and again, a great job. They bring them all together one spot, make every game special. And uh, Cottage Hill girls are up there, St. Michael's um, ladies' team, Gulf Shores, and Fairhope all in the girls' bracket. Those teams all representing uh, Mobile Baldwin County in the Final Four in soccer. On the boys' side, uh, St. Luke's in that 1A to 3A category, Bayside Academy in 4A, in 5A, Gulf Shores representing uh, this area, and in 7A, Daphne. So those schools all with an opportunity to win a soccer championship. And unfortunately, Auburn blanks Fairhope today in girls' 7A semifinal action. 4-0 was that final score. But congratulations to the Lady Pirates on having a phenomenal season and making it to the Final Four. Yeah, it, it, that's a heartbreaker, too. You get up there, I, I was watching some of those scores kind of roll in earlier. And, you know, if if you're interested in this stuff, too, check out the state's website. Go to the uh, Alabama High School Athletic Association website on the first page there. There are all the brackets for um, not only the soccer championships, but all the pairings for baseball, the regionals and softball. They take you right over to SB Live. And as fast as they can update, they're not always – Right up to the minute, but uh, but there's you know scores that it's amazing how many softball games have been played today in the state of Alabama as you start scrolling through those scores and, and you know, talking about softball, um, Fairhope with a big victory over Daphne earlier today. Fairhope women will be moving on. Uh, Daphne will be playing Baker to try to get that second spot to advance. But uh, we will have Coach Trevor Powell with uh, Fairhope Pirates 
softball joining us after the break today and he has some young ladies that are having remarkable seasons i mean when you look at what riley harrison's doing in the in the circle <laughs> i mean 21 and 0 giving up less than one run a game it's amazing i'm interested to talk to him about that young lady and and the other young ladies on that program that have made that successful for him. you get it to this point and you anything can happen always great to talk softball weather allowing hopefully they won't have to double up and they'll continue to have great weather so they can get all the games in yeah i hope so well we'll talk to coach trevor powell after this Corey, i appreciate you staying around for a few more minutes i know you're going out to catch some spring ball and uh, a lot of games going on as well. We'll talk about that as well. Stick around for more Prep Spotlight here on Sports Radio 105.5 WNSP. To the prep spotlight. This is Brian Gennard. Pigskin has the night off. We appreciate you tuning in to talk a little high school sports with us. And it's a big week in the Alabama High School Athletic Association in both baseball and softball. A lot of softball being played down in Gulf Shores over the last few days, and it'll continue over the next couple of days. We have several teams representing Mobile Baldwin County. And 4A Orange Beach, Satsuma still alive. 5A Gulf Shores and St. Paul's. 6A Spanish Fort picks up a win, advances. Baldwin County playing with Tomka to see who gets that second spot. And 7A Fairhope defeats Daphne 10 to 1 to win that 7A championship down in Gulf Shores. They'll move on to the state tournament. Baker and Daphne will play for that next spot. But right now, we're going to welcome in Coach Trevor Powell for the Fairhope Pirates. Coach, how are you? Doing well. How are you? Man, I'm good. Probably not as good as you. You've had a had a good couple of days, and you've got to be excited the way your young ladies are playing right now. I really am. I really am. We've had a really good year this year. Um, we've kind of flown under the radar. You know, there were quite a few people that weren't expecting us to be as good as we are. And we've kind of been, you know, flying under the radar around the state, which has been a good thing, in my opinion. Well, Coach, you've now the stats I have, and I know this is before going into the tournament. Had Riley Harrison at twenty-one and zero with an ERA of .40, two hundred fourteen strikeouts, and one hundred and twenty-two innings. I'm sure that's improved a little bit since the the, the tournament started, but. Boy, that young lady signed with South Alabama. You've got to be really excited and just get a nice feeling every time you hand her the ball and she gets to go out there and get in that circle. She is the definition of a competitor. She wants the ball every game. If she could throw every game for us, then she would. She's just that kind of tough kid. And the thing about it is, is those stats that she did, she picked up two wins today. Um, and she threw, I think, three innings in the first game against MGM, and then she threw all seven against Daphne and gave up one run in each one of those games. But you got to look at her stats at the plate, too. She's hitting almost 500 at the plate. I think she's hit 
20 or 21 home runs. She's got around 75 RBIs. So she is she's getting it done both in the circle and at the plate. Which is incredible. Yeah, I, I had her some stats earlier in the season where she was at 483 batting. So almost 500, like you said. The home runs just continue to get on the rise. So do the RBI. I mean, you outscored your two opponents in the last couple of days, 17 to two. So you you, you got the bats hot. You got a pitcher that's just throwing lights out, only giving up uh, less than a run a, a game. Uh, you also have one in uh, in in Edie Gavin that's committed to Wallace State. That young lady um, hitting over 400 for you as well, and, and playing really well. Yeah, she's been a catalyst for us. She led off the first game today against MGM with a triple, and we didn't stop from there. I mean, she's one of those kids that whenever she gets on, she wreaks havoc on the bases. She's so aggressive, and she's just she's a great outfielder. And, I, you know, those two, both of those two are seniors, so we're really, really going to miss them whenever they're gone. But we're going to try to get as much out of them as we can within the next week to see how far we can go with them. Well, you know, we, we talk about Gavin, and, and I know earlier in the season, and these were these were stats probably about midway, right around signing day, and she had 23 stolen bases at that point. Boy, when you can get a leadoff hitter, I mean, you hit a triple, <laughs> you know, you don't have to worry about stealing uh, second or third, right? But but if you can get that leadoff hitter that's hitting close to 500 for you and then to have that speed, that just really has to put the other team just – completely you know unrest with knowing that that speeds on those base paths it does i mean and she she puts pressure on people routine ground balls are not routine with her we actually were playing in a tournament i think it was in tuscaloosa we played lawrence county and one of the coaches from lawrence county said coach i believe that that leadoff hitter will outrun a phone call <laughs> so she she can she can absolutely go she's a great defensive outfielder and she just she makes things happen just for the simple fact that everybody knows that the speed that she has she makes everybody hurry every time they do anything. Well, coach, we talked about your senior leadership. Tell me about some of the other young ladies that are that are getting it done for you um, at the plate and defensively. You know this this entire year has been a full team effort. If you look at our stats, I mean, we got quite a few kids that are hitting over 400 and everything but our defense in my opinion is probably one of the better defenses that we've had since I've been at Fairhope um, our infield is really strong we've got Abby Kate Long I think Abby Kate had five or six hits today in the two games that plays second for us she's a junior um, our shortstop Mia Gates is a sophomore that's been really solid all year long uh, we've got an eighth grader Mallory Earp that has been playing third and catching that is hitting over 400 right at 400 for us as an eighth grader and you know we've got other seniors bailey moffitt in right field uh we've got caitlin salter lk prince and some of these kids that have been playing left field kind of platooning in the outfield and everything it honestly this year we do have some of those standout seniors but it's been a full team effort from these girls, and everybody's bought in. Everybody in the dugout's up. Good spirits in the dugout. Everybody understands their role, and I think that that's contributed to our chemistry, and that's one thing that's made us so good is these girls really enjoy being around one another. Let me ask you this because it's, it's kind of been a topic over the last three, four weeks, every, every different sport that we've had. 
it seems like we have more eighth and ninth graders in Mobile and Baldwin County popping up in the spotlight. Do you attribute that to just that the travel ball scene around here, no matter what sport it is, is getting better and and, and kids are, are, are just getting the opportunity to play more games early? Because you mentioned an eighth grader, and it seems like every week I talk to a coach and we're having more and more youth around here that are really stepping up in the spotlight. I mean, I, I would have to agree with that. I mean, there are so many of these kids that, that – and the thing about it is, is if you're going to be an eighth grader and come and start on a 7A top five team in the state, you got to be pretty special. And, you know, speaking for mine, Mallory, she catches half the time and then she plays third and she hits two for me. So it's not like she's buried down in the order hitting nine and, and playing somewhere in the outfield. I mean, she really plays a major role for us. But – I would have to agree with it. I mean, it seems like all the teams in the county, whenever you look around, that there are some really good young kids. And I think that the travel ball plays a role in it and everything. And it's just I think that, that the interest in the sport and these kids are the training that they're getting now is so much better than the training that kids got, you know, six, eight years ago and everything. So these young kids are coming up, and they're more prepared to play in that spotlight because they go to these big travel ball tournaments and things like that. Yeah, I'm with you. We're talking to Fairhope softball coach Trevor Powell. Coach, we got about one minute left. Tell me a little bit about, so now that we've, we've wrapped up in Gulf Shores, where do we go from here, and, and, and when, when will all those games start taking place? So 7A is played next Friday, Saturday in Oxford. Uh, we match up with the qualifier two out of the east. It looks like that it's either going to be Thompson or Spain Park. Um, and Hewitt Trust will won that region, so they'll match up with the two from our region. So once we get up there, I mean, you know, it's the best eight, seven, eight teams in the state, and there are no slouches up there. So we're gonna have to we're gonna have to play our best games of the year to be able to come through that because everybody up there is hitting on all cylinders and everybody's playing well, and it's excellent competition. Well, Coach, we sure appreciate you taking a few minutes out for us. Congratulations on this. We'll be looking at you next week and keeping up with how everybody's doing and wish you just the best of luck. Well, thank you so much. Thank you for having me on. Yes, sir. That's Coach Trevor Powell, Fairhope Pirates softball, getting it done. And we'll be following them next week. Hey, stick around. we got Coach Rick Colley coming up from Davidson High School talking a little spring football here on the Prep Spotlight, Sports Radio 105.5. to the Prep Spotlight on WNSP, your source for high school sports. Now it's time to keep up with the Joneses as we take a look at some of our former Mobile and Baldwin County athletes who are now making the spotlight on the next level. Brought to you by Edward Jones, making sense of investing. Now, back to Brian Gennard and Pigskin Pete. Welcome back into the Prep Spotlight. This is Brian Gennard. Pigskin is out of the studio this week but hey as we do every week we want to highlight some of our former athletes from here locally that have gone on to play at the next level 
We talked a little softball last segment. Let's keep that theme going here for just the next few minutes. Have a young lady that uh, went to Saraland High School, then went on to compete for the University of Mobile Rams. And uh, you're talking about impressive stats. Two years in the circle pitching for the Rams. Uh, she is 35-6 and six with an ERA of 1.39. That young lady, Brinkley Golf, a senior over there. I think she actually just graduated in the last week. Um, but um, they finished second in that tournament. They will go on to represent uh, the uh, University of Mobile in the national tournament that starts next week. But, man, 19-0 and last year, 16-6 and this year, 35-6 and with a 1.39 ERA. Brinkley Golf, University of Mobile, former Saraland Spartan. But, hey, now we want to turn our attention to a little spring football, and we're going to bring in Davidson head coach Rick Cauley. Coach, how are you? I'm great. How are you? I'm good, man. You've got a, you've had a big day, huh? Oh yeah, it was a big day at uh, in Warrior Land. They uh, cut the ribbon on the new stadium this morning, and uh, that allowed us to have our first practice in there. So it was a, it was a big day at our school. All right, here's the hundred dollar question, Coach. Did, did they bring over the big scissors, or was it just a normal size pair of scissors that we cut the ribbon? And <laughs> they had a lot of pair of big scissors because <laughs> there was a lot of people cutting that ribbon today. So uh -huh. yeah, it was a. Uh, there were a lot of big scissors. I've never seen uh, that that many pair of big scissors before. That's right. I wonder where you get those from. I don't, you know, I've never checked Amazon for for giant scissors before, but now I'm, that's what I'm gonna have to do with the after the break. I, I'm so excited yeah. for you guys, and it's been fun to walk, drive past there and and see the progress over the last several months. I, I know you guys have have got to be chomping at the bit to get out there and and actually host a football game in your own backyard. Well, yeah, that's going to be that's going to be big. I'll tell you, it's, it's it's really special just to get to practice in it is the big thing, you know, because that it's kind of where our practice field was, and you know, we went a year without really having a a real practice field. So for us, like getting out there on a real practice field, uh, that was big. I can't even imagine what you know having a game is going to be like in there. So uh, yeah, it's all it's it's. Our kids are real excited. And, and with your coaching career, you know, and I've, I've read you've said this in a couple of different places, this will be the first time that you ever get to coach a football game without having to get on a bus first and go someplace, uh, correct? That's right. I've, I've been on a bus for all of them, and uh, it'll be weird. There's going to be, you know, an extra 40 minutes in there that we're going to have to fill before a game where we're not riding. So, uh we got to revamp all our schedules, but uh, that's it's going to be a uh, that's going to be a new and just awesome experience. I mean, the kids coming in the stadium today, the student body that hadn't seen anything, hadn't seen much of anything, the uh, look on the band kids' faces and our cheerleaders. It was kind of a special day for for them because they haven't seen any of it. So it was it's awesome. I imagine so, and I, and I know as alumni come back and. And folks get to come and see it. It'll be some place for you guys to showcase, and 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 you know, just there's already pride in that program, and, and it's fun to be around 
you know, all the, the coaching staff and folks are around that Davidson Warrior program. But I know that that's just going to add a little specialness to that Friday night when you guys can, can go out there and host a game. Well, Coach, so obviously one of the things that we've been asking all the coaches is, hey, what's the plan for the spring? Are you going to add those days on at the beginning? Are you guys going to practice? So I, I, since you cut the ribbon and you said you got to go out there and practice, I take it that, that we are knee-deep in, uh, in spring ball right now. Yes, sir. We're practicing, but we're getting a little bit of a late start because we had to wait to practice. So uh, we're not going to have a game. We're having a black and gold game on May 25th. Uh, but, uh, you know, just being able to get out there and, and see some of the younger kids and what they can do, uh, you know, 10th graders that we thought were good players and a year in the weight room and speed training and just get out there and see what they can do. So it's, uh, you know, that's what spring's for. Uh I like to play a game, but we're, we've kind of shifted our uh, focus to finding guys that, you know, we did, we don't know what they can do yet. But uh, it's exciting, and the kids are, are rising to the challenge, and they've had a challenging week. I mean, I think we're a little leg dead today uh, by the end of it. So uh, we'll evaluate tomorrow, but it's, it's been a good week. Well, Coach, you got a good one coming back at running back and D.J. Butler. The young man's getting a lot of offers and a lot of looks from from multiple colleges uh, tell me a little bit about that young man and 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 how spring is kind of looking for him and then what you're expecting from him next year going into a senior year uh, dj is a very special player um he he's probably the the best not probably he's the best running back i've ever coached and uh you know been in mobile for 25 years so i've seen some pretty good ones and uh you know he's a good kid he's honest and straightforward and very appreciative of everything and kind of, you know, unassuming about what's going to happen. And, uh, that, that's refreshing. Um, uh, very good teammate, uh, you know, not, not bigger than the other guys kind of kid. And that, uh, that's, that's refreshing this day and age. And, uh, he's also a very good leader for us and he helps the other kids come on, you know, and, uh, you know, other kids have responded and are going to play big roles because of him, uh, because all eyes will be on him. And it's going to give other people a chance to shine as well. They're going to have their opportunities. And, you know, a few of them have really taken strides this offseason. And we're, we're excited about what's to come. You know, it is fun to – I had a nephew that had an opportunity to play with some big-time players, and it was in basketball, not in, in football. But it was funny to watch – as is he played with a couple of guys that were being heavily recruited by major um, colleges, how that kind of perked everybody else up around him because they knew there were some special days that, that there were some folks walking the sidelines that, hey, if I could just catch the eye of somebody, you know, maybe, you know, I'm not going to an Alabama or Auburn. Do, do you see some of that kind of contagiousness as, as – as you you get a DJ on your team and, and other guys are, are kind of trying to step up to that level as well? Oh, absolutely. I mean, there's, every college you can think of is coming through the school. And uh, one of our offensive linemen, Sean Martin, got his first offer today from Alabama A&M. And he's a very good player. But, uh, you know, it's hard. It, this day and age, it's hard to get seen sometimes with uh, the portal and all that stuff going on. You know, it's not what it was where people are just throwing out offers all the time. So, uh, you know, if he's running, if DJ's running for 1,500 yards, someone's got to be doing a good job up front. And someone recognized that today at practice and pulled the trigger on Sean. And 
uh, some of our other kids. We got another running back, quarterback, receiver kid named Edward Harrison, and every coach that's come through watches him practice, and they're just like, "Man, that kid right there jumps out." You know, he's a 25 kid, so you you figure, well, that's that's going to be good. He's going to get looks, and he's going to have opportunities, and it's because DJ is a good kid and has done what he's supposed to do. So it will, it'll trickle down. You know, you mentioned something in there, and I'm talking to Coach Rick Colley, Davidson Warrior football. We're talking a little spring football. But you mentioned something in that comment just a minute ago. Something's got to be done with the portal. I mean, you know, I just it's it's got to be killing these kids coming out of high school that we're waiting for the last minute or how many offers do we really have or – and the other thing it's doing to me is kids don't compete for positions like they used to. They just go someplace else. I mean, am I crazy or, or what's your thoughts there? I think all kids want to compete. Like deep down, athletes want to compete. I think a lot of it has to do with getting bad advice uh, from adults that they may have leaned on in the past. And Well, if you're not getting this, then you should be getting this and you, you need to leave and you know, a lot of that happens over Christmas break. You know, I've talked to several college coaches like, yeah, we thought we were good with this kid, and he goes home. And we're not talking about SEC schools. We're talking about D3 schools where kids had to fight to get there, and they go home, and, you know, they got an uncle that says, you're better than that school, and then they never show back up. And, uh, you know, I think deep down most kids do want to compete, but whenever you offer the option of not doing it and taking an easy way out, Sometimes it's attractive to kids, and they make poor decisions because they are kids. Uh, and I, you know, I, I want everybody to be able to do what they think is best for them. So I'm not like anti-portal, but there has to be something done. Uh, I don't know uh, if there's a, a way to, you know, with the draft grade thing that they used to do because there were so many kids that left and thought they were going to get drafted, and then they didn't, and then they we're able to go back to school. There's got to be a way uh, to, to fix it somehow. But, you know, colleges are also using it against the kids, too. It's not always the kids jumping in. Colleges are using it as a way to cut kids that may not have developed as fast as they wanted. So, you know, when you start paying people eight, nine million dollars a year, they got to win now. So uh, if the player doesn't produce, it's, you know, they're professionals at that point. They're going to cut them loose. Yeah, and I'm with you. It's just we are in such an instant society of, of now, now, now that um, we're, we don't give folks a, a time to really kind of build a program and put a stamp on it. It's it's go or, or get left, right? You know, so so we're seeing a lot yeah, of we, that. Yeah, we live in a world where when you look at the back of uh, food to cook and you look at all the options, people choose the microwave over the oven every time. <laughs> <laughs> uh, hey, you're uh, so uh, right. I mean, I'm that's a great the analogy. Air probably. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. That's funny. Well, so coach, as we, so as you, you, you work towards the, the the game on the 25th, the inter squad game. Uh, what's the summer look like? A lot of seven on sevens. Will you guys play some regional ones, or, or or how does that look for you as we get into summertime and summer workouts? Well, you know, you can do so much in the summer now. Uh, uh, we we want to really develop our passing game a little more, so we're, we want to play some seven on sevens. Uh, but at the same time, I want our kids going to camp so they have the opportunity to get seen. So when they can go do that, we want to do it. Uh, we want to do a seven on seven on the college campus. So uh, we every year we we load a bus up and take kids to a college camp. I think we're going to go to Troy this year. They got a mega camp, so we're going 
we're going to load up at least one bus, maybe two, and take our kids. Uh, you know, that, that's summers for that. And uh, you get two months. You know, I remember that not long ago that that was a foreign concept to practicing every day all summer. But that's what we do now. And uh, you got plenty of time. And sometimes for coaches, all that time is bad because you think of all the things that you could do instead of what you probably should just be doing. So <laughs> that's uh, our job is to make sure we don't go a little little haywire during the summer. Gotcha. What about do you have you seen an uptick in in numbers at all since maybe some kids that thought about coming out really want excitement around the program with a new stadium want to be a part of that inaugural well, season as you as you kind of roll into it? We uh we had a lot of kids come out last year. We had a lot of freshmen. We had like thirty five freshmen, which is good because with COVID and the virtual school stuff, you know I think one freshman class was twelve and one was fifteen. So this year, having 35, our numbers are naturally up because of that. I think the uh, hallway recruitment is about the way it always is. And, uh, you know, you're going to hit about half of those kids will stick it out and half will go away. And uh, so we're at about 100 right now. Uh, So with the incoming freshmen next year, when they get here, I think we'll, you know, we'll be up. uh, We'll probably be up around 130, 140, somewhere around there. That's great. Well, Coach, we look forward to come and see a game in the new stadium and wish you the best Please of luck do. this off season and uh, and appreciate your time tonight anytime thank you so much for having me thank you coach that's coach rick call at davidson high school hey stick around one more segment left in the prep spotlight sports radio 105.5 Skin has the night off, but uh, boy, we've had a full night of talking a little bit of softball, giving some updates on baseball, talking spring football. We've got several championships that will be crowned in the next couple of weeks. Pigskin and I will stick around till uh, the end of May to make sure that we try to get as many of our um, spring sports crowned before we take a few weeks off in the summer and gear up to come back in as we get ready closer to football season. But, man, what an exciting day. I appreciate Coach Rick Cawley taking a few minutes out. I know they had practice today over at Davidson. They also had the big ribbon-cutting ceremony. Um, So excited for for all these teams. As you kind of look around this week and and see you've had several teams that have been able to have those ribbon-cutting ceremonies, uh, BC Rain, Viger, Davidson. I think LaFleur's um, ribbon-cutting ceremony is coming up as well. And and those will be teams that, you know, like Coach Carley was saying, and with his his background at, at Murphy and also over at BC Rain, and then now at Davidson, you know, he's never had a football game where he hadn't go, had to go get on a bus to, uh, to to travel someplace to play that game. So to be able to walk out of your locker room um, at your own school, that'll be a great experience for some of these 
these uh, high schools that have never had that feeling before and, and will have the opportunity to host games. And then as you look at what the Mobile County Association is doing, also over the next year, um, they're going to go ahead and turf all the rest of the fields so that the teams that did not get new stadiums that have had stadiums, uh, those that are under the Mobile County Athletic Association, those will be getting uh, turf. So I, I know Baker's playing a spring game tonight, but I think they're getting turf in the next year and a half, MGM, um, some of those other schools around that area, which as somebody who gets to go out and visit different stadiums on Friday night, boy, I can tell you, especially early in the season and when we're still on hurricane season, if we get a couple of good days of rain, I've watched some games in the last couple of years that you worry for the players and player safety of how soggy some fields are. Uh, you look at Alma Bryant, I know they'll be excited to get turf down there because down in the bayou, it seems like when it rains, that field takes on a lot of water. And so there'll be some excited folks to, uh, to see some fields turfed in uh, Mobile County over the next few months and over the next year and a half as they kind of complete that project with the uh, stadium constructions being done and then now getting some turf on some of those fields as well. Hey, just a few notes in softball. Again, we talked to Coach Trevor Powell from Fairhope. They advance on to the state tournament. Uh, either Baker or Daphne, they will play each other. One of those two teams will also be advancing. And 6A Spanish Fort advances and Baldwin County will be playing Wetumpka. One of those two teams will advance. And 5A Gulf Shores, St. Paul's, and Faith all still alive. And 4A Orange Beach, Satsuma, and Mobile Christian still alive as well. In baseball, UMass and Bayside Academy, boy, they've had a great series. And they have moved that game to a game three and one of those two teams will be moving on. And in 6A, the only other team that we still have alive uh, for a baseball championship, that would be Spanish Fort. So we'll be looking over the next few days to kind of see how that pans out and what happens um, there in baseball. We've talked a little bit about soccer. Turn your attention a little bit to golf. You know, I was kidding with Michael Bronner when he was here. He's out on vacation this week. Nathan is holding down the board for me and doing a good job of keeping me straight and keeping me on task. But uh, I was when I was talking to Bronner, we were kind of laughing at some of the scores because, um, you know, I haven't golfed in a, in a while. Um, Bronner still plays a pretty good bit. And looking at some of the scores of, of some of these uh, student athletes, and I've just been amazed to see – um, some of these qualifying scores. In fact, uh, Sam Gates made a post, who is the golf coach over at Baker High School. The team did not qualify, but Caitlin Foster goes to Isaiah City the other day, shoots a two under 70, and that young lady will qualify individually as she goes on. I know UMS Wright boys um, – they won the team title in the regional tournament with a two-over par for as a team, and they will move on to the state championship next week as well. So a lot of, of local teams and local individuals playing for uh, golf championships here over the next week and a half. 
as those continue to kick off. Don't forget up in Huntsville, we do have teams that are representing us in our uh, soccer championships. And those championships will be crowned over the next several days. And then, you know, I go back as well and look at some of these just remarkable performances last week. Anthony Tink Jones over at St. Paul's won the shot put for Class 6A with a throw of 51 feet, two and a half inches. And it's funny, I go back and start thinking about how is that a state championship track meet in 87? I don't know if anybody threw out of the 40s, and we were all excited about that. So, you know, that young man, if you've ever seen him, he, he's, you know, there's a reason they call him Tank. He is just solid as they come, but wins the 6A state championship in shot, but at 51 feet two and a half inches and some uh, other great individual and team performances in track and field last week in four to seven eight girls uh, gulf shores um, brooks won the title in uh, the girls meet for uh, gulf shores and as you go back and look at some of these other individual numbers presley montalvo of satsuma long jump 18 four I, it just these numbers are blowing my mind as we kind of look at some of these individual athletes and then we look at just how young some of these athletes are you know we, we coat we joked with jeff kelly a couple weeks ago about you know that sophomore class not being able to drive themselves to um to practice and the youth movement it's just fun to watch hey stick around and be with us next week as we we kind of get more into the, some of these softball baseball playoffs we'll talk about who was crowned as soccer champs and we appreciate you taking time tonight to join us on the Prep Spotlight. Thank you, Nathan. Thank you, Coach Trevor Powell. Thank you, Coach Rick Cauley, uh, for being a part of the show tonight. Sports Radio 105.5. We'll see you next week.